I have two words for you. Champions adjust. Okay, and that's what the Phoenix Suns had to do tonight. Champions adjust. Plain and simple. And if you want to be a championship caliber team, you have to adjust on nights where you're off, on nights where you're disengaged, nights where the defense doesn't seem to give a shit, on nights where the referees seem to call everything against you. If you want to be a champion, you have to adjust. On nights where your point guard is thrown out of the game for simply walking across the court, you have to adjust. The Phoenix Suns did that tonight, Matthew, and ultimately somehow, some way, <laughs> survived, survived against the Houston Rockets winning 124 to 121. They did. And today is like the day before a big vacation, really, like the day before Thanksgiving weekend, right? When you're at work, you just, you're ready to get stuff over with. And you're just kind of sitting there like, eh, do I really have to work? That was the first half, I feel like, for the Suns. And then it came to the third quarter, fourth quarter. And even when Chris Paul gets thrown out of the game, they still have to make up that energy that they didn't have in the first half and just, you know, do what they had to do with, without Chris Paul. I, was ho- I wasn't I was hoping for a loss, but I'm like, see how much harder it is for the Suns to win games with Chris Paul's not on the floor in the last five minutes? It's just such a different offense in that last five minutes because, again, you know, we literally talked about this last night. You know, the, the two-headed monster that is Devin Booker, that is Chris Paul, is so hard to guard that when you have it going through one guy – it really changes how the the defense can run their sets at you. And, you know, ultimately the team wins. I think that, you know, as Coach Fallen Founder says in the chat, he says seven in a row and 18 of the last 19 for your Phoenix Suns. Uh, but win number 48, the one before the All-Star break, was definitely one that the Phoenix Suns had to earn, my man. They did, and, you know, it was one that we all wanted. We wanted to finish off this supposed first half of the season yeah. on a good note. You know, just the way we came into the season, uh, going into the All-Star break, you know Chris Paul can actually probably sleep, enjoy his time off after the All-Star game, knowing that the Suns, you know, seven in a row. I mean, couldn't ask for anything better, I think. Dude, honestly, like right now, you know Chris Paul was in that locker room watching that game just like <laughs> – just he was probably calling Monty on the sideline, right? Or texting somebody on the sideline some stuff because you know he can't shut up. Yeah, no, he was probably it's probably aching at him uh not to be in there and to not be engaged in this game. And and you know, obviously the thing to really take away from this is we hope that the point god's okay. Look like on that play yeah. that he jammed his right thumb. Uh that's what pissed him off why a foul wasn't called. That's why he started yelling, get teed up, and then as he's <laughs> looking talking to DA, he bumps into the official or the the official bumps into him, tees him up, throws him out. But uh, you know, yeah, we'll talk he about back that booty up into him, dude. Yeah, we'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, big JT or with your JT big butt or whatever. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. But uh, but anyways, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast, the best post-game podcast on Planet Orange. I'm your host, John. He's your host, Matthew. John and Matthew Jam. You see what we did there? Okay. It's not yeah. that complicated. Not that complicated. <laughs> but you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Foyda. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. And you can follow the show on any place you get your, your podcasts. Any place at all. In fact, I'm looking right now to see if we have any new five-star reviews because if we have a five-star review, guess what? We'll read it right here on the podcast for all to hear. Uh, Let's see. Nope. No new five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Disappointing. Yeah. Hop on there and leave a review. I don't care if you want to tell us uh, your childhood trauma. We'll read it right here on the (laughs) podcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Spill it all out. 
Yeah, let it, it for you. Yeah, let this be your son's therapy session. Uh, if you're watching along live again, please hit the thumbs up button. It truly helps with the algorithms as well as lets us know that we're doing a good job. Because I'm just sometimes I'm not confident, and I don't know if I'm doing a good job. And I need you to tell me if I'm doing a good job. So help with my confidence to hit that thumbs up, please. Uh, on that note, I've got another Lagunitas little something something mm-hmm. ale right here. I'm gonna mm-hmm. pop little open. Something. Matthew has uh, a beanie. So I have a beanie and a zit on my forehead, and I got a big jug of water. So just in case you're wondering, yeah, that's a zit on my forehead. Oh, is that is that right? Yeah, that's a uh, HD. Yeah. So pop those zits if you got them. <laughs> <laughs> and let's talk about this giggle. crazy fucking game. That's right, Suns fans. It wasn't pretty tonight. It wasn't pretty at all. But ultimately, the Phoenix Suns win by a final score of 124 to 121 over the Houston Rockets, which brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. And Matthew, I got to ask something that Felix brings up in the chat. Is this our ugliest win of the season? Yeah, you know, I th- I thought that was going to be the question, so I was prepared. Um, I thought it was, and I went into this game thinking, you know, Suns would win 30 to 40, but then when then I was watching the game, the first maybe couple minutes, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a little ugly. Um, the energy wasn't there, obviously. And it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't something where you would just expect it. It just, it you can just tell the way DA was kind of playing early on. You could just tell by uh, even Devin Booker, like it just wasn't really there. And I think defensively they let a lot of layup like the layup line was ready to go for the rockets straight to the hole and once that started to happen like okay this might be a little ugly but plus like not excluding losing chris paul i was just thinking i'm like this team's gonna just get trampled at times in this game and we'll see if they can come back from it but what's cool is even if the rockets aren't that great of a team this year it's good to have the Suns in these different situations, right? Especially against the Clippers last night. Like the way the Clippers play defense and how hard they play, the Suns need that. They need the competition because right now in the NBA, dude, there's not a whole lot of it. A lot of these players are sitting. A lot of these teams don't have anybody, any other superstars. Mm-hmm. So to find themselves down in the third quarter, to find themselves tied in like the last five minutes, it's yeah. a different situation for the Suns. So they can learn from this. I think it's our ugliest win of the season for the simple fact that this is one of the worst teams in the NBA, the Houston Rockets entered this game with the worst record in the Western conference. And the opportunity was definitely there. And we all knew it, you know, it's like senioritis, right? It's the last week of school last, you know, day before you go on vacation and you start to, your mind starts to wander. You're not necessarily engaged. And for those of you who did, you know, senior ditch day, all that stuff, like we've all been there. We know that what that's like, it's like a Friday, afternoon at work and for these nba players they have no friday afternoon at work this is the closest that they'll feel to a friday afternoon at work where it's like guess what for the last five hours of my shift i am a non-productive son of a bitch right because they're looking ahead to their potential time off they don't play again until the 24th against the oklahoma city thunder that's eight days away they get a week off so yeah it's understandable from a human nature standpoint to take a look across the the uh court 
see the Houston Rockets, the worst team in the Western Conference, know that you're playing great, that you just won last night against the Los Angeles Clippers, and now you just have to get past this team, and then you're on a flight to Cancun. So, of course, the human nature element comes into that. Now, we talked about it a little bit last night. We know that this team always stays focused. But to your point, I felt like engaged is the best word. Defensively, this team wasn't engaged. You could see it with the way that the Houston Rockets were rebounding. You could see it in the way that they were getting second-chance points. And as you mentioned, all the way through the third quarter, I wasn't going to be surprised if the Suns lost. And, again, I don't know if they had lost, if I would be – unbelievably upset i would have been disappointed i wouldn't have been upset i wouldn't have been like oh there's holes in our defense this needs to be fixed da's energy look was low it's like no it was kind of a a holistic brain fart of a team and then as you mentioned you know it gets to about 111 left in that fourth quarter and the sun just go on a 7-0 run ultimately put this team away and it just reminds you that again as i mentioned at the top of the podcast champions adjust and even in these moments should they get to that point no but every team goes through it. Every team is is susceptible to having the opposition jump them. And that's what happened tonight, Phoenix Suns. And they still pulled it out and won. Yeah, definitely, dude. A lot of zit talk in the chat right now. So, uh, it's... Did you say a lot of zit talk? <laughs> yeah. Somebody said that was – Walter Lazo said that was the ugliest uh, – that win was as ugly as your beanie. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Okay. I'm just Damn. trying my best tonight. I walked in the door here. It was fucking freezing, so I'm trying to cover my ears in my hair. Um, so the Suns, like if you're, they were to lose tonight, like you were saying, if they were, they would just be doing what the rest of the NBA does where they take nights off and where they take nights off against bad teams. And they kind of did, but I know the Suns are got that phlegm, the no dunks phlegm. If you listen to that podcast, they have so much phlegm so I can get away with a little bit. Phlegm um, they, they have phlegm dunks, but like, I feel like besides the Suns, you have Memphis Grizzlies. They play hard every night. I think those are like the two teams right now that just make no excuses. They go into every game like it's their last mm-hmm. and they're going to make sure that they, they play all out. And it's just a weird thing because like even when Harden went to the 76ers, he's like, oh, no, I'll just sit out these games until this all-star break. It's like, no, we kind of need you to win these games, dude. Like, why are you yeah. not playing? It's like, and plus, I think that's the difference. I don't think he wanted to play in the all-star game because of what happened to him being picked last. But sorry, I went off track there talking about James Harden. But the way the Suns are, you just know that they're going to play their fullest. And then I think just to keep track with this team, the energy level has to maybe be 50 to 60% most of the game. Then you know you can close it out. Whether or not they knew, like, of course, Chris Paul's not going to be there to help them. I kind of like that, too, because it puts them in that different situation where, you know, if Chris Paul were to miss time in the playoffs, like he's he's known to do that, right? We, we need to figure something else out. And I think uh, Aaron Holiday was a huge, huge factor tonight to help the Suns out. No, I completely agree. And, you know, uh, the second consecutive night, uh, our boy gets it. On Aaron Holiday tonight, you know, second or third, I'm sorry, third game with the Phoenix Suns, uh, comes in, plays a total of 20 minutes in this game, has nine points, has six assists brings the Javon Carter vibes, the Javon Carter uh, jersey number. Yeah. But also has more of an offensive presence, again, with those six assists. You know, everything that – it's so funny. When I watched Aaron Holiday tonight, I think of you, Matthew. And uh, Thanks. I, I, I do. And it, it's it's like uh, – who just said that in the chat? It was funny. It was Luke Carter said it. Where, where is it? 
Oh, this is so bad for people. Oh, yeah. Uh, he says, I come for the pimples and I stay for the food. Oh, okay. Yeah. Make sure to get that out of there. <laughs> I thought Sorry. I was serious about the game. <laughs> no, I'm all looking. I'm like, what did he say? <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Uh, but I think of you because I remember your prediction for what Javon Carter was going to be last year. You really thought that he could step into the role as the backup point guard behind Chris Paul. That was one of the main questions entering next season. Who's going to be our backup point guard? Yeah. Campaign had showed face in the bubble during those eight games that he had the ability to do it but we didn't know if he could do it for a full season and you were very optimistic that Javon Carter was going to step into that role Aaron Holley is what I I think you wanted Javon Carter to be right a guy who can score points a guy who could distribute the ball the guy who plays aggressive defense uh and I mean you look at the way that he entered this game made a shot instantly stole the ball made another shot comes down the next possession yeah alley-oop uh to JaVale McGee and he's doing all these things that you wish that Javon Carter would have done. And now it's a H four instead of C four. So ah four for Aaron holiday, all four. So, <laughs> so what did you see from all four tonight? And does he fulfill those Javon Carter dreams that you once had? He does, but my dreams were actually like wet dreams for Javon Carter. I went even further to say other things. So I'm not going to get into it because it would just definitely upset everybody. We don't, this is adult that, trauma. Yeah, no, yeah. none of us want to <laughs> No. Pop that. <laughs> All right, it's already popped, guys. Okay, We're just joking. Point no out. one notices it except you, and you bring it up. So of course, people are going to talk well, about honestly, it. Well, obviously, I didn't notice. I don't know. There's a lot of lights on me right now. <laughs> um, Holiday is the fifty-fifty guy, right? I mean, he's more athletic. He's more. He's longer than what Javon Carter was. So anytime there's a fifty-fifty ball, really, with him in the middle of it, he seems to be the guy to come out with it. And just like how quick he is on inbounds passes to steal that and basically lay it back up to single-handedly bring the Suns back into the game, right? With that energy that he brings. Um, that's something that the Suns need. And who knows if Chris Paul has an injury or how long this might be with his hand. Because, of course, if there's one guy that you would like to just kind of have a minor injury to sit out a little bit, it would be um, Chris Paul, just because you want him to get the rest. But tonight, though, Holiday is just... He's he's just electric, dude. He he knows where to be on the court too. When he's playing alongside Devin Booker, Devin when he's playing alongside Booker, he he knows where to be. Like Booker found him on the cross court pass for the three. Like he knows where to where to fill the lanes. Like he does everything right right now with the Suns. Usually these adjustments take a little bit. I feel like for these players to really just kind of blend in with the offense, but he's already done it within three games. So. It's it's great, man. And I think right now he's going to get a lot of minutes, obviously, with the injuries and stuff What's going on. Well, and it was him over Peyton. And Peyton only got two minutes tonight. And yeah. Aaron Holiday, he came in and he took all of Peyton's minutes. So it'll be interesting to see once the All-Star break has commenced and the Phoenix Suns finish off their next, what, what how, how many games do they have left? 24? 24. Masters. Yeah. So their last 24 games. How much do we see, A, based on the injuries of campaign and Landry Shamit, how much do we see of Aaron Holiday? And B, even when they come back, do we see him at all? Because again, we saw what he did tonight. He was he he's like a little spark plug. He's like the jumper cables that come in. You know, you got JaVale on one jumper cable and you got Aaron Holiday on the other jumper cable. You hook that up and all of a sudden the engine starts again. And they brought both offensive and defensive intensity in the game in which the Phoenix Suns didn't have any. And they got the Suns kind of back into the game. And then, you know, the starters came back in and kind of, you know, lost it, if you will. But I really think that, you know, his uh contributions are definitely something that we will continue to monitor. We'll continue to look forward to. And in, in answer my own question, I think that he does fulfill the dream that once once Javon Carter, a defensive guy who can also 
facilitate. That was the one thing that Javon Carter couldn't do. He could shoot threes. He could play fantastic full court defense. He couldn't mm-hmm. facilitate the ball. And Aaron Holiday, you're seeing the facilitation of the ball. You're seeing the physicality. You're seeing, you know, he the guy's six feet and he's just a brick shit house. You know, so I, it's going to be interesting uh, as we continue to monitor um, this season to see how he is actually uh, instituted into this offense and if he continues to be successful. Because we've we've fallen for this before, haven't we? I mean, remember when Elpa Payton came here and was a starter for you know ten games at the end of a season? And he put up like two triple doubles. We're like, this guy's the, you know, he's the savior. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he. he... Yeah, yeah, and honestly, it, it hasn't been anything more than just kind of decent, right? Yeah. Um, but Iris and Vlogs did put in the comments. I just want to bring up because we're talking about Chris Paul. Yep. Yeah, per Chris Haynes, uh, Phoenix and Star will undergo MRI tomorrow morning on his right hand. He injured tonight against Houston, so that is a little scary. My assumption is you know, it looked like he jammed it. Okay, it didn't look like it was it anything did, crazy, yeah. and, and we'll see. But Chris Paul might utilize utilize this opportunity to not play in the all-star game, which I'm a hundred percent. Okay. With Me he's too. got the all-star nod. You don't need to play in the game. It was just like Devin Booker last year. Devin Booker got the all-star nod. The left hand, he was hurting him a little bit. He decided not to participate. That's okay. Take this week off to rest. He's earned it more than anybody on this team. This actually plays right in our favor. So uh, as blaze Megatron says, CP three, making a last minute bid to get McHale <laughs> to the all-star game plausible right if he does sit yeah. out that all-star game it will be somebody from the western conference who needs to fulfill those shoes could that be mikhail bridges matthew it is mikhail it would absolutely be mikhail um there's no one else really it was uh the murray was the guy in front of him now mm-hmm. and of course on the other side you had jared allen that got into the east so yep. that's good to see him in there now it's mikhail bridges um and the way he's been playing the memes everything going around how goofy he's been remember when he first was signed with the suns and he was up there with da on the podium and i was like he looks a little goofy like he looks pretty funny a little quiet funny and he has been and he he deserves it to be in the all-star game man the way he's been playing to the last two or three weeks dude he's he's been on a roll no without a doubt Just and again enough. he was crucial for the phoenix suns uh in this game to win in that fourth quarter he went five for seven from the field had 10 points three rebounds one of which was a massive three-pointer that was missed by Devin Booker. Now, yeah. I might be dating myself, but do you remember? Uh, well, I don't re- remember. I just have seen the highlights because it was like the 1984 NCAA uh, uh, national championship game. Five Slamma Jamma, one of the best teams of all time, never to win a national championship, which included Clyde Drexler and Hakeem Olajuwon on the same college basketball team, playing the number eight seeded NC State, coached by Jim Valvano. And they're down. Uh, the, a guy chucks up a three, and I don't know the names, and I'm sure the Jamsters can remind us. But guy chucks up a three to to win it, misses, but it comes up just short, and a guy catches it and puts it in as time expires, and they they win the national championship on that play. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what this play reminded me of, and I think it's because I was literally watching something the other night. I'm on the five, the thirty for thirty on the five slam a jamma team, and that was how their season ultimately ended. So that was the play that Damn. ultimately. Yeah, it's it's amazing. That's a good uh, memory, man. It, Did you have that written in front of you? Because I, how the hell do you? I know you just probably just saw it, but I don't remember. I, <laughs> I remember, remember my. I always <laughs> tell people, man. There's two languages I speak. I speak English and I speak sports. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I I remember yeah, yeah. random things. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, yeah, James Smith says 1982. I could have swore it was 84. Okay. Because 82 well, no, North North Carolina won the championship in 82. That was the Jordan shot because that was the year I was born. The next year, 1983, I think Georgetown won it with Patrick Ewing. 
Uh, and then the next year was NC State, uh, the first number yeah. eight seed to win the the, the, uh, the title. But anyways, that's what that shot uh, reminded me of. And that's what ultimately put the game away. You know, then it became mm-hmm. kind of the, the free throw shooting uh, contest, you know, and the, the Suns letting the the Rockets hang around for the last 25 seconds. But to your point, you know, Mikhail Bridge, 10 points in that fourth quarter. You know, I mean, I, I'm, how have I gotten this far and I haven't even, you know, played we his drop? Yeah, he bad. And he deserves to be in the All-Star game if Chris Paul chooses not to go, which I think at this point, after jamming your hand, after being ejected ridiculously by JT Orr, who uh, fanning the flames host, so says Jay in the chat, says, did the Suns get exposed by JT Orr? Uh Yes, <laughs> apparently it was just this is just one of those games, man, that com- discombobulation. And this wasn't just against the Suns. It was on both sides, man. I mean, the final totals for for uh, uh, fouls and free throws in this game. Let's see. I had this written down because I did the recap for the bright side of the sun. 64 total free throws and 47 total fouls were called in this game. This game ended super late. Because of one, all of these fouls and all this time spent going to the line, and two, the the referees, after realizing that the Suns had missed a lot of easy shots in the first half, had to adjust the rim going into the second half. Like, what? What? What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. cousin Will, my fave, the refs fixing the rim. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just like, what a weird game this was, man. That's why, again, if everything was said and said and done, if if the Suns had lost this game, I don't know if I'd be. It was just one of those weird ones, man. Weird ones you, happen. Yeah, you would have to protest. There would be a protest to the league office to really, you know, I think that's only happened like once in the NBA history where I think a game was protested and played later on again, right? Or something like that, like I, the last two minutes. That or I don't know. Okay, well, that's what would happen. And yeah, the the airball shot that we were talking about before, that actually reminded me of the Kobe shot that he airballed and then Ron yes, Artest Yes, Ron Artest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought you were going to bring up. 2010, fuck that. I've deleted <laughs> that one from my about. memory, dude. Yeah. Meta world peace. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought about right away. Um, but uh, yeah, what we're talking about. So J- yeah, JT Orr, um, Mikhail Bridges, piece of shit game just crazy ass game it really was and honestly for me in the first half too i was babysitting so i was walking around playing a mystery game with my niece while trying to watch the sun's game so honestly it got even weirder with me having to watch it on mute the whole time so (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was just again it was one of the strange ones uh but you know you kind of look at the way that the the game flow went you know the Rockets scored 32 points in the first quarter 35 in the second 28 in the third 26 in the fourth and the Phoenix Suns it was that fourth quarter where you know they scored 35 to 26 and you know I did mention obviously that you had a big quarter from Mikhail Bridges but the guy who won this game for the Phoenix Suns Big Dick Booker Book led all scorers with 24 total points, had eight assists. Uh, you know, in that fourth quarter, he had six points, but he had four assists. And I really was impressed with the way that without Chris Paul, he turned into that facilitator in the fourth quarter. And we saw, and that was my worry. My worry was that in a close game without Chris Paul and just Devin Booker, which is something we have not seen a lot over the last two years mm-hmm. because Chris Paul has been 
unbelievably healthy and unbelievably durable, you know, knocking on wood here in Folsom, California, if you will, uh, you haven't seen a lot of solo Booker at the end of a game. I was worried, Matthew, and tell me, you know, what your thoughts were that he would default to uh, Booker ball where everything would run through him. It would be 24 seconds of Booker holding the ball high screen Booker saws the ball and he ends up shooting a bad three, which kind of happened on the shot with Mikhail Bridges saving his ass. But outside of that, he really did a good job distributing, running the offense, utilizing all the wings that they had on the floor at the time, you know, cause it, it was him, Cam yeah. Johnson, uh, Mikhail Bridges and Deandre Ayton, and Torrey Craig. They, they went big. They went wing style. Uh, it was like Buffalo Wild Wings out there. They were going with spicy garlic, which in my opinion, Matthew, mm-hmm. is the best of the sauces. So tell I'm me two Jamaican things. Guy. You're Jam- yeah. Oh, so a dry rub? Dry, I love the dry rubs. I, that I sounds do. so I inappropriate. So inappropriate. You like dry rubs? That's <laughs> I do, yeah. Sorry, I almost man. went to Buffalo Wild Wings tonight for dinner, too. <laughs> I literally pulled up in the parking lot here, and I was, I was getting ready to park. And I was oh, like, to go I'm watch gonna- the game? No, because I'm in Folsom, All California. Right. Like they weren't going to have the game on, but oh, the game yeah. starts at six out here versus seven in, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I got off work at five. I'm like, I got an hour to kill before the game. I'm going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and have some food. And sorry, Jamsters, I'm completely zigging when I when we were zagging. And as I'm pulling up, I looked and do you know what was across the street? BJ's. Uh, Hooters. Oh no, what was no. it? BJ's. Yeah, BJ's Ale. That's House. a good place. Yeah. So I went there and I had a tri-tip and I, you know, uh, some asparagus. So my pee-pee smells really pungent. And I also had uh, a, a beer. So, uh, okay. yeah, Dev, Devin Booker in the last five minutes. What do you got? Oh, well, um, something beautiful. Because uh, you're talking about worrying about him having to take over when Chris Paul is missing. Um, I know Chris Paul was out. But even with the lineup where it was um, it was uh, Torrey Craig, it was Cameron Johnson, it was Mikhail Bridges, Devin Booker and Aaron Holiday. Like even that lineup was really mm-hmm. nice. So I think the way Booker is playing now, even in the last five minutes, he doesn't have so much pressure on him like he would in the past. I mean, we are kind of horrified the way Point Book used to be when we think about those moments where he would try to take over games. And we see it even like tonight when you have um, fucking what's his name? Eric Gordon on the other team. You know, the guy that yeah. the Suns maybe should have traded for where he's just jacking up the threes and he's helping the Suns win this game. Basically, if Eric Gordon plays team ball the rest of the game, they might win the game. And he just didn't. He was just jacking up threes. That was things that Booker used to do in the past. Now he has, of course, guys that are cutting that are open. Like I said, Aaron Holiday already knows what to do offensively to be wide open for the three and a big shot, big spot. Then he hits um freaking cameron johnson too so mm-hmm. he he's okay now of course if it's a crucial situation you want both him and chris, and chris paul on the floor but in a game like this i think booker absolutely can get it done it's not something i really worried about too much because i still think as a team they're not going to lose these type of games yet until it actually happens i don't think they'll actually lose these type of games yeah, I'm with you. And, and Blaze Megatron made a good observation. He said he initially pushed the pace too much. He eventually slowed it down like CP3 would, and they got more yeah. methodical with it. Erwin uh, K.L. Wong says, Monty needs to give Biombo some minutes. Yes, they're playing it back-to-back. Well, my thing, the whole time I was watching this, I noticed Biombo didn't play. And there's that whole thing where the Suns are 17-0 and or 18-0 and when Biombo plays. Like I tweeted yeah. that after a game and I got like a thousand likes on Twitter just for that one simple statement about how the Suns are undefeated with Biombo. And the whole time he didn't play, I'm like, dude, put him in there real quick just so he can get some minutes and then we'll automatically win. It's it's science, right? So yeah, it all adds up. And why is he not getting minutes though? I mean I thought they were saving him for the second half. Even when they went small small ball, like 
he wasn't in there either. I think with the scratch to Christian Wood in this game, the Phoenix Suns figured that this would be a game where, and you saw in some situations, Cameron Johnson was the biggest guy on the court. I mean, they were going to yeah. play small ball because that's what the Rockets were going to do. They had a bunch of small guys who were quick and explosive, so you need to counter that with wing depth to, in an effort to try to execute the switches on defense. Uh, unfortunately, the Phoenix Suns kept dropping on all the screens, leaving uh, the Rockets wide open for three. And as I mentioned on the last podcast, you know, the entering this game, although they're 20th in the league in three-point percentage, they take the fifth most threes in the league and they make the eight most threes in the league. So this is a team that if you drop on your defense and again, with wing plays and and you're doing wing on wing switches, they're not necessarily used to all those, you know, defensive sets and those looks when you're doing all that drop coverage, you're just daring them to shoot and shoot. They did now granted, you know, when everything was said and done, the Houston Rockets ended the evening shooting uh, 29.5% from three, they were 13 of 44, you know, but those 13 at times were coming in at, very detrimental times you know they were taking deep threes there's guys i've never heard of who were taking threes what was that one guy's name uh matthews this guy garrison matthews you know he had six points two for six threes but he was shooting these fucking deep bombs man so i think the phoenix sun strategy was like we're gonna stay small in this game da will be the biggest guy we have in there uh because biombo if they i just think he would have been cooked but that being said the rest of the defense was cooked right for the most majority of the game yeah, no, absolutely. It just, it. I mean, it started from the beginning, and then when they get to the position of where things matter, then they kind of pick it up. But um, it's kind of nice when you have Eric Gordon out there shooting the three, where he's three for 14, and it's it's kind of like, you know, if you pass it to the guy that's wide open, maybe you can start moving the ball on that side of the court or something. But he was very much ignore, ignoring these guys beside him. So it was nice. But defensively, dude, I think the Suns got away with a lot tonight. So, no, I do too. And and again, with them playing as small as they were at times, when they did have a big out there in DeAndre Ayton, you know, he was successful. Yeah. So it does beg the question: like, why didn't we see more Biombo? Well, but Javale got a lot of minutes too. But let's talk about our boy Da. Watch. Yes, it's been a while since we've dropped the eight and watch, but you know, he ended tonight with a total of 23 points. He had nine rebounds. He was nine of 15 shooting five for six from the free throw line. Uh, what'd you see from Deandre Ayton tonight? I thought it was pretty easy for him, right? Tonight, a lot of mismatches. Um, basically there's a lot of misplays he had still out there tonight. Um, I don't really want to get into, but there's some things where I feel like just this type of game, he kind of just follows the momentum and the flow of it, right? He's not going to be the guy to actually lead them to a victory, trying to get the 40 points. I mean, he only played the 27 minutes, which is nice. You know, you want these guys to kind of be at the 30-minute mark in these kind of games, which is good. They need it. Um, But honestly, I thought he would kind of come out and be a lot more aggressive, maybe had to do with the rim. I know he missed a few easy shots in the beginning, but they probably had to do with the rim. So I guess we'll give him an excuse on that. I, I think, though, that DA in this type of game, I really wanted him to take over when he could. Uh, there's just a few plays, too, where I felt like he was kind of just not paying attention to Chris Paul where he wanted to be on the court. Um, but overall, it was a good game. I mean, uh, the broadcast said it. I want to listen to Al McCoy at the last five minutes. He said what they saw tonight from DA was a pleasant game. Uh, from what pleasant I saw, too. what I what I actually watched, I just it just wasn't enough to where it's just like in this type of game, because of the mismatches, you're the best small ball five out there. 
why can't you have the 40 to 50 point game? But I'm not going to go there. Good win. Good job, DA. Well, because again, DA isn't that player. And even in these matchups, I know. you know, he, he doesn't, uh, somebody just mentioned it. He doesn't play bully ball. You know, he can. I mean, he must have had Schroeder switched on him about six times tonight. And the Suns got him the ball, and he would turn around and do a bunny. I mean, all he's got to do is one good back down. Where you you yeah. where you size up the player, and when the player starts to move, you bet you throw your hip right into the guy's stomach. And if the player's moving, it's a foul on him. And then you just get that one more interior step, and then boom. I mean, it's it's a two-foot miss or a two-foot opportunity instead of being a four-foot miss for DeAndre Ayton that we saw tonight. And again, I, I thought that he did a very uh, effective job. I thought that, you know, again, there could have been, as you mentioned, more opportunity for him to be more effective, but he just much akin to the, 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 the rest of this team, they just weren't engaged, you know, for the majority of this game, they were kind of sleepwalking through it. I mean, they gave up 30 point quarters in the first two quarters to the Houston Rockets. I mean, that alone shows you that this team wasn't fully engaged, especially defensively. So uh, somebody mentioned earlier, uh, JaVale, uh, Suns and Force says JaVale can totally play against small ball. What the fuck? Uh, that I'll disagree with. Although JaVale McGee is fun to watch and he does a really good job blocking shots and, and making up for mismatches by blocking those shots and having that length that he possesses. Uh, and, and again, you know, he ended with 10 minutes played four for four from the field, had nine points and six rebounds. We just didn't see enough of him. He was getting beat a lot on those switches yeah, uh, because he's just, he doesn't have the lateral quickness that DA has. And when you pull him away 19 feet from the basket and then you run a switch and then you attack, sometimes his length will help him. But the majority mm-hmm. of the time it's a blow by. And we were seeing that a lot with Jalen green and Jalen green was taking advantage of JaVale McGee in this game because he would just pull the defender out, get that switch and then attack. And the next thing you know, he's throwing up dunks and getting pinned by the, uh, by the backboard and all kinds of stuff. So uh, I love JaVale McGee. I think that he is a really solid, player but i think that when you have these small ball lineups it's hard for him due to his lack of lateral quickness to be effective on the defensive end now that being said he is effective on the defensive end because they're small guys and he has that length and you know he just that's how about that slow-mo fucking javel mcgee uh layup uh i don't know if you saw that one but i mean that that alone <laughs> uh earns javel mcgee his drop for tonight I mean, it was early in the game, yeah, but he just had, I mean, he must have started the three-point line. It was like slow motion McGee, and it was fun to watch. And again, McGee's always going to give you that one play game where you're just like, what the fuck was that? I know, dude. That means you're going to win the game. Uh, But back to DA just a little bit. Um, Okay. Okay. So, I mean, we we realize like... uh, when he has when he has the ball, his positioning stuff's usually pretty good. Um, so the thing I was thinking about too, like even last game, I forgot to kind of mention it. He kind of passed out on a few easy shots. And it's oh, he was like booed he bent, last he night bent, for that. Yeah, he was Ben Simmons it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like he was just tossing it out underneath the rim. And thank God the Suns didn't lose, you know, the game or lose their chance of going to the finals because of that because those are things that can't happen and i was just thinking about da when he gets the ball on the block you know he has the little fade away you get to hit him in motion all that he just he really needs to practice this this offseason on just really having moves that can kill the defender you know what i mean because in a game like this where it's like yeah you, you the mismatches are there you want da to explode for the 40 but i know i know he's not that guy but it's just something that we kind of just want so that way we can have the 20 point lead going in the fourth quarter because da is just so dominant 
what he needs to just add to help that is just to have those moves to where he gets the ball on the block and then it's just see you later. Like you can't keep up with them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a lot of these guys have like an Embiid, even a Jokic, even Jokic has a few moves down there. So I was just thinking about that. Um, but when you go over to McGee and the way he played tonight, um, a lot of energy still like he's just, he's on track the way he was in the beginning of the season, but I think he needs to definitely help out on the, <laughs> when he was helping out defensive switches, it's kind of funny because I love him getting all hunched down and ready for the block. Like I he know. goes up for every block. And that's what I love about McGee. He doesn't care. He knows like when the pass goes over his head, he's like, all right, here I come. Like, and he just crouches down, goes up, whether or not he gets a block, it doesn't matter. The guy will, force his hand down anybody's throat whether they want it or not <laughs> and i'm assuming it, that huh? nine times out of ten they probably don't want they probably that's, don't want that that's that that's probably <laughs> what my guess is but but again you know i think that you make it you make a good point about deandre and i mean he possesses the athletic ability and the body control to do those yeah. kind of things i just don't think and, and you know credit the sun's coaching staff for getting to him to where he's at but he just yeah. hasn't had that person who's it's almost like I wish Aaron Baines was back for a little bit, just to teach him how to be a little bit more physical. And I hope that when the time comes, we'll see that from him. Cause we have seen flashes yeah, every now and That's then. So frustrating. Though. Yeah. But, so, yeah. The ultimate oh, really DA quick. conversation. Right, see, they they released like a list of players that the most frustrating player for each franchise. And Landry Shamit was ours. Like I don't, you know how they just release these random like which well, state, like which which has the best burger, or yeah, which state has the best food that everyone yes. loves. Um, so it was basically the most frustrating players. Shamit was that, but no matter how much we love Da, don't you think he's the most frustrating player? No, because not not anymore. How back and forth we are with him. I'm not, not saying anymore. like it as a bad thing. Not anymore, no, no, right? I get exactly what you're saying, but I think not anymore. I think okay. if you had asked that question last year, yes, because of Da's inconsistency. That was made him an unbelievably uh, frustrating player to watch, and that's why we made Aiton watch originally last season. Because it's like every yeah. after every fucking game, we have to talk about how inconsistent this guy is. I think that due to his performance in the playoffs, he's le- his inconsistencies are less frustrating because our expectation is once we hit the playoffs, we will get fully engaged. Da, right now was- we're just yeah, I get it, but Landry yeah, Shamit really annoys me right now. I mean, you, no yeah. nobody called this out. But again, but again, I I did the the preview of the game for Bright Side of the Sun today, and I had to list the players' injuries. So I no. put I put I put you know campaign wrist is out, uh, Frank Kaminsky knee is out, Landry Shamit ability to make a shot comma ankle is out, <laughs> and nobody Jeez. commented on Bright no Side. One even cared about that. I threw a little shade in there, Landry, just not you know. Just because I yeah. throw shade at Landry because I'm an asshole. And I yeah. know that. And you know that. Um, and... Can I just one more comment on DA? Okay. okay. <laughs> then we're done. Okay. All right. So okay. I know he's been hurt this year. Um, going to the playoffs, he is very, very scary. But you see how big these other guys are on the other side of the court. He he's also he dominates Jokic, which is fine. I don't care about him. I just I'm thinking like these kind of games, you know, I know you don't have to get up for a DA to be the man to help your team win to get the overall victory. But I feel like you just need this time to really practice just like Chris Paul. Like, you know, they, they practice everything because they, they envision themselves playing a certain team, in the playoffs or in the finals. So it's like, let's get this stuff done. Pat that way, when we face them, we're basically good to go. That's what I just wanted. That's why the inconsistency still is kind of, annoying. I get it. that's the only reason, but trust I'll stop. Me. I'm, I'm trust sorry. me. I get it. 
And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'll tell you what annoys me more than anything is there's some Suns fans on Twitter and, and primarily DA fans who they've entrenched themselves so far into the fact that DeAndre Ayton is, they've had to defend DA for four years now that he's become infallible in their eyes. And it's like, you know, that, that pisses me off more than his in, in, inconsistencies when people think that he is consistent enough to where it's like, they're going to die on the hill for DA every time. It's like, listen, it's okay that he had an off game. Guess what? Every, everybody has an off game. You know, I mean, Chris Paul didn't get to 10 assists tonight, you know, now granted he was ejected, but I think a lot of that, <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people put money on him to hit, get 10 assists tonight. And then the NBA is like, all right, we got to fix this thing. So, yeah. And no, I, I, I love it. I'm just, it's low, just low, conversation. For, it's for just those things... of you who are listening, low sun says in the chat, Lissy just doesn't like DA. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> yeah. I like DA. Right. And I just, I want him to be better. And it's just, oh, let's just stop. I, I, I love this. Team. Okay. We're just, okay. Nitpicking. Well, let's talk right. a little bit of, of course we are. It's a post game pod. It's the last one before the all-star break. Got an hour talk... to fill. Yeah. And we got an hour to fill. So let's bu- bullshit about DA for 15 fucking minutes. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Rockets. Dennis Schroeder didn't know he was on the team. Me neither. Completely forgot he got traded to fucking uh, Houston. 23 points tonight, 7 for 8 from the free throw line, 2 for 7 from deep, 7 for 16 overall, 9 assists. So 23 and 9 from Dennis Schroeder. Uh, He also had 6 turnovers. Thank you, Dennis, for being the MVP for the Suns. Uh, I I always forget how to say this guy's first name, but uh, Alperin Shingun. 19 and 14. He was the guy. I mean, if you know basketball, you kind of know who Shingun is. But if you don't know basketball, he definitely gets the, the Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. Now, with him, it wasn't necessarily scoring a shit ton of points, but it was his effectiveness in the paint. I mean, he was, and again, it's kind of why I said at the front end, you know, he was owning D.A. He was being more physical. It was almost like a, re- a carbon copy of last night when DA wasn't physical against Zubots in the first quarter. And then he's like, oh, shit, I got to turn it on. Uh, but what do you see from both Schroeder and Shengun? And do you think that the, the Rockets are heading in the right direction? Oh, no. The, you know, <laughs> it, I wouldn't be surprised next season that both these players aren't on the team. That's just the way the franchise is right now, right? True. Um, yeah, the thing is with Schroeder, it, what did he like – he had an offer for like a, a for a max contract or something like that. He kind of turned it down to really bet on himself, and now he's in a situation where he's playing for the Rockets, and he's not making as much money. And I, I'm not trying to hate on the guy. I'm just saying it sucks for him, dude. Because um, him and Shingun, I don't know, man. It's so hard to tell with these types of games when you're watching these guys how much is real, how much is not. It's kind of like yes. when you first trade a player, like the Sacramento Kings. You know, they got they got their guy right. I mean. Hal Burton's gone. They bring in what's his nuts from the Pacers, and then they have a really good win, a good solid win. Fox looks good. They're hugging, but then all of a sudden, you know, it's like lost, lost. You know, back to the Kings' way. That's the way it is, kind of with these games where the Suns are lackluster. They're gonna give a lot of room to these guys. They're not gonna play as physical. So these guys get away with a lot more than you would see in a normal basketball game. I feel like so. Not to the you know he is a guy that shot lights out. And he honestly is a guy that's like, who the hell is that? But we're going to have these kind of games, right? Where these guys kind of show up in that way. And it's just kind of like, yeah, we'll see if you can keep that up a couple games in a, in a row. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the Jalen Suggs conversation we had against the Magic is like, you just truly, oh, yeah, you weren't on that pod. But uh, that's what I was talking about when I was asking both Flex and Suns Geek about Jalen Suggs is what do you think of this guy? And, you know, my observation is like, 
to your point, Matthew, like you don't really know who this guy is because he's in such a shitty system, you know, and, yeah. and he obviously played well. He's definitely athletic. He can shoot the three ball, not ultimately well, but he can. He can rebound. He can score. Uh, so he could potentially be a building block. He kind of reminded me of what I wanted Dragon Bender to be a little bit more physical. I think the one thing that Dragon Bender lacked was physicality, uh, but he could go gra- grab rebounds if needed. He could shoot the three. Uh, but that's what I kind of saw from Shengun. Dennis Schroeder, on the other hand, you know, he's a guy who's just biding his time and he's in the perfect situation for him to just try to put up numbers. And this was always my argument against De- getting Dennis Schroeder on the Phoenix Suns. He's a guy who's going to be an unrestricted free agent last year. He overvalued himself this past offseason to the point where he got a $6 million deal from the Boston Celtics as the only team he would take him uh, because he wanted like 25 mil a year. He's like, yeah. I played for the Lakers. I should get 10, 25 million a year. It's like, yeah, the going price for playing with LeBron should be 25 mil, but guess what? That's not the way it works. So he's in a situation where he's just going to, He's going to shoot. He's going to try to put up as many numbers as he can in Houston in an effort to try to inflate those numbers. So when he hits the free agent market, he's like, but look what I did. I helped the Rockets win 16 games last year. You know, so, you know, again, I think that, uh, you know, you look at this this uh, Rockets team. I think Jalen Green is a fantastic talent. Uh, but again, much like Jalen Suggs, both, you know, the, the second and third overall pick in the draft or second and fourth, whatever they were. Uh, God, I'm so glad we don't have to deal with lottery shit. Dude, did ever you again. did you hear that Christian Wood? They the Lakers had a chance to get him on the team, and they just denied it. Well, why? Why? Because AD didn't want it. I don't know, dude. I heard it on No Dunks this morning. It's just like whatever they're trying to do with their franchise. Where I have, I'm so up in there now. AD's hurt. Oh, Lakers talk. Sorry, fuck do you, the Lakers. Do, do you think that LeBron James, when he plays 2K, is shitty at putting together, putting together teams as well? Now, I bet you he's better because it turns out because it's a video game, you turn the injuries off and all that. Your ah, team's fine. Smart. If you turn injuries off with the Lakers team, they would be solid. They just <laughs> yeah, true. You know, and well, speaking of injuries, it uh, looks like AD rolled his ankle against the yeah. Jazz tonight, so he'll be out again. That was um, a streak. He actually played what two games in a row? How many uh, games might have been? In a row? It, it might have been three. God, I wish so says Jay was still watching because he has a funny <laughs> nickname for AD, and I always forget what that nickname is, but it's it's pretty funny. Uh, but prayers up for AD, get better. I've said it a million times. I wish the guy would be healthy, but I mean, at the same time, it's like you know what you get uh, when it comes to yeah. the Los Angeles Lakers. So um, what do we want to talk about now? next in this game? Is there anything else you had in all of your – Oh, my notes? Your, your uh, of notes? No, I was actually the, – the whole thing with Chris Paul and the, the ejection – I thought it was hilarious. I loved how he did the technical foul thing right in front of the ref's face, and he was pissed because he was hurt. You know, like when you yeah. bite your tongue or you bite yes. your lip or something, and someone talks to you, like "fucking stop, leave me alone." Like that's the way he was, and I just I love that man. And and him and the referee running into each other. I don't know who the way Chris if, Paul is. Come on, if you like, watch it little, though, if you watch yeah, it though, I mean, I've, it I've, was awesome. Yeah, it was just typical Chris Paul shit. But again, like <laughs> I love that shit from him. Well, I, I do too because he's ours. Yeah, I know. You know, I know. If, if if you're the opposing team, you have you know it's got to piss you off because we know because he did it to us for 14 years before he became a member of the Phoenix Suns. He was in our conference and he would always just do these little things. I mean, again, with the fouls being called as much as they were this game, the rip through he was doing rip throughs on Jalen Green in the 
with eight minutes left in the first quarter. He did two in the first quarter to get mm-hmm. to the line. I mean, it was the one yeah. thing that I felt like really kind of kept the Suns in it, if you will, was trying to get to the line. Uh, but then it was going both ways. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a game where the referees really want to make their presence known. Okay, you blow the whistles the entire damn time. Okay, let's see what's going to happen. So, you know, again, frustrating to see kind of the, the manner in which it occurred. More frustrated, as we mentioned earlier, you know, the fact that Chris Ball has to have an MRI on that thumb. I really hope for good things there. So, I think he'll be okay, man. I'm hoping. I think he'll I'm, be I'm, okay. I'm, Will I'm we really be okay hoping. with the two point guards we do have? <laughs> I don't know, man. I know. Yeah, we are down a lot of point guards. <laughs> Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, it's that part of the podcast where if you're watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, please hit the thumbs up button. And if you happen to be listening to the podcast versus watching the podcast, go to our YouTube page and go hit a thumbs up button as well. We appreciate it. Hell, why not? Uh, Matthew, who are you giving your Jam star of the game to? It's going to be Cameron Johnson's Euro step tonight. The one where he almost took out of bounds twice, I feel like from sideline to (laughs) sideline. That was... yeah, yeah, no, it's it's Devin Booker. Um, but I just had to bring out the Euro step because I don't think I've seen Cameron Johnson pull one off like that yet this, this season. And it looked very, very nice. He um, reached down into his bag and he pulled something out new for you to see. He did, man. He's kind of been missing a little bit, so it was good to see that. And I think it's going to be Devin Booker, absolutely. As soon as Chris Paul left the game, the defense turned up, him taking over the team, being the guy. It was easy for him, right? Sticks. It was. It was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Luke Carter said in the comments, "Sticks." <laughs> uh, creature of habit, Luke Carter. Creature of habit. Uh, I really like. A lot of people are giving it yeah. to. Uh, there, there's two things that are going on in the chat for you. Those of you who aren't watching and you're listening, everyone's. A lot of people are giving some love to Aaron Holiday, and people are just coming up with nicknames now for uh, Anthony Davis. Anthony Glassman Davis. Jeez, people are savage. I love it. Uh, I saw another one. Street clothes Davis. I think that's what so says Jay I, calls him. I think it was something. Yeah, it had something to do with street clothes, but I think it was street clothes Davis. It was something. It had else. something. It had something to do with that. But uh, but yeah. Anyways, getting back to the Jam Star. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Mikael Bridges. I really thought that he was vitally important. You know, with Devin Booker not having CP3 next to him, he needed that secondary option to exist. And it was Mikhail Bridges in this game. The way that he was slashing and cutting, leading the fast break, Mm -hmm. uh, those go-go gadget arms, laying the ball in on that one fast break. I really think that his effectiveness in the fourth quarter allowed the Phoenix Suns to ultimately win this ball game. So that's who I'm getting to. Good pick. Uh, Next up for the Phoenix Suns, obviously they don't play till the 24th. So we have the all-star game. I think Matthew and I will probably do like a jam session short after the all-star game. Last year, we actually streamed during the entire All Star game. Yeah, uh, we did. Remember huh? that? Yeah. The whole guy. Yeah, we had. Um, who do we have? We had Dave King on, or yep. we had. Uh, so we had Sosa J, Dervish Whirl. Yeah. Um, we had a bunch of people on. Uh, I don't think we're going to do that this year. Uh, not Just a lot of you guys it. tuned in. <laughs> so no, <laughs> maybe this year they might, but I think a, a nice little recap would be cool, though. To yeah, go after we, the game. we we could do a little recap there. So um, I know there's about 10 minutes left in the comments, and you know, this is clearly the last show before the All-Star break. So let's just uh, let's get into some stuff a little weird. Childhood trauma. Let's do a little childhood trauma, Matthew. So I tweeted out uh, from our son's jam session uh, Twitter handle. So, again, this is a good reason why go follow us at son's jam. <laughs> 
I said, any good childhood trauma topics you like us to explore on tonight's post game? So what I'm going to do, Matthew, is I'm going to go ahead and read of some of the things that the Jamster suggested. Stop me when you think you have a story related to one of these items. Sound good? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we have at Sundress Dunks. He said, did you ever lose a bet and have to do something really embarrassing as a result? Hmm. Yeah, I couldn't think of one no, right off the bat on that one. I can't one. think. I've never been. I never had like that kind of thing with friends where we did bets and all that. I never yeah. had that. I've always been jealous of it, though. <laughs> at, <laughs> at Sun's Champs, drowning in the pool trauma. I do um, have. I have a pool story, and you grew up with a pool you? too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I remember when I was little, though. Well, I don't remember. I remember people telling me that when I was little, I fell in the pool and someone jumped in and saved me. So. So you nearly drowned. I don't remember. Nearly drowned. I might have not been here, Jamsters. I'm almost <laughs> not even really here. So go ahead. damn, we would have. You got one. We would have lost the, that pimple tonight if you hadn't been here. If you had drowned, so <laughs> I'm glad you made it. Um, I had one. I mean, so this one happened when I was probably about 15 years old. Uh, summer in Arizona. Everyone's got a pool. Invited a bunch of buddies over. We have the gate that goes around the pool, and my buddies and I were, you know, you trying to find higher and higher things to jump off of. Right. So one of my buddies put a ladder up against the, the side of the gate, climbed up and he was going to jump off the gate into the pool. Oh, but when no. he did that, he pushed off the ladder and tripped himself and just face planted. And where he face planted was right where the uh, cuppings are to where a, the stairs should have gone in. So we didn't have the stairs in on the side of the pool. So you just had like these two cuppings and he hit his face on that bounced and then went in the pool and when he came out he <laughs> huge cut and bleeding everywhere you know and and of course me and my it was me and like two other friends and we're just like god damn it you know mom's not home he's gonna mm-hmm. need stitches yada 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 so no drowning but just you know stupidity by the pool when you're 15 uh i think he still to this day has a a, a scar on his forehead and his nickname in high school was snuts we used to call him snuts snuts <laughs> nuts Snuppy, <laughs> slippery nuts something like that there was okay. some, something like that uh also drowning in the now yeah, that's a different story um let's see here Dra- dragon bender trauma i don't know if that would qualify under childhood trauma that call that qualifies in my 30s trauma <laughs> Yeah, it's just sitting there being like, "Oh, yeah, he's better than Marquis Chris." All right, never mind. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's like, <laughs> damn. It's like, why, why has LeBron taken all Dragon of this Bender, Marquis Chris? Oh, I remember doing that. That could be yeah. it. A lot of people right now are saying that it looks like the Nuggets just beat the Warriors. So, oh, damn, nice. Yeah, Warriors, man. Again, they're trying six to games, trying to get right? there too. Six so. and a half games. Okay. Yeah, this will be six and a half games. We're up on them entering the All Star break. Uh, Lissy didn't share his Valentine's Day childhood trauma. Do you have any Valentine's Day childhood trauma to share with us, Lissy? Oh man, if I think about Valentine's Day when I was a child, it was my imaginary girlfriend Flower, oh, and I Flower. think we went over this before. I I don't know. If she was actually just uh, an imaginary girlfriend, or she was just a. Uh, a ghost, some somebody from another dimension, or what it was, because I do have vivid memories and images of her and what she looked like and stuff. So I don't even know if I want to go back there because I sleep by myself tonight and almost every night. So I have to go to sleep and get some good sleep tonight. So I don't want to freak myself out. So so no more ghost adventures. Okay, got that. Uh, the Mario. So this is from uh, at DTB26 on Twitter. Said the Mario Ellie kiss of death ruined my childhood. Do you remember the Mario Ellie kiss? I do not. Nope. Okay. You were probably about five or six when that happened. Uh, I'll never forget it living uh, at my mom's current current house. 
uh, I threw a remote against the wall and broke it. And my mom wasn't even mad at me. She completely understood. So I used to watch Suns games in the living room. My mom would be in her room watching them because mm-hmm. she said I get too loud. And But it'd be funny watching games in my house growing up because you'd hear my mom down. The, you know, we'd be screaming and yelling, you know, at the same shit, just in different rooms. And I'll never <laughs> forget Mario Ellie hitting that street, just uh, crushed. Now, was it just the remote? It was yeah, just well, the remote. Yeah, I can see yeah. You grabbing other stuff, okay, or no, even people uh, or cats. I, I, no, I'm somebody. It's like I, if I break one thing real quick, my you know all that negative energy is out of me. But I, oh, I mean, I've lost yeah. a lot of remotes. But what always sucked about <laughs> losing in the playoffs, you know, as a member, uh, as a Phoenix Suns fan, is after it's all done, you go outside. It's always just fucking June. And it's hot and shit out. So I mean, oh man. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, speaking in front of the classroom trauma, do you have any of that? Um, oh, always public speaking. Are you talking? Yes. Are you kidding me? I don't think I've ever had like any outbursts, any nervous twitches, or uh, you know, the nervous sweats. I, I've I've always been really bad at public speaking. I still feel like I'm I'm a better, but I still don't like it. I'm a better. Um, I'm a better. Uh, <laughs> I, I, no, no, just um. Nothing when I was younger, man. Ah, damn, dude. Yeah, nothing. I was boring. So, so I, I you, have you got one. I have one. Uh, if anyone can tell, I'm not afraid of pub, sp- public speaking. Like, give me an auditorium full of people and a microphone. I have no fear whatsoever. I yeah. don't know what it is about me. It's just one of those things that I've never truly had a fear of. Uh, but I do remember being embarrassed in a public setting, and this was the second grade spelling bee, and in front of the whole school, I got up. And what was the word? It was, I believe it was went. And I got up there and I confidently, I was like, went. W-E-T. Went. They're like, <laughs> nope, you're wrong. I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, I forgot the N. Like, who forgets the N in went? Uh, and it was very mortifying because I was so damn confident going yeah. to that spelling bee. I thought I was going to dominate that shit. Oh, okay. Well, that's not too bad. And honestly, I, I used to sing choir, though, for my uh, my Catholic church back in I the did day. the and same. And I used to pick boogers behind the music seat, uh, sheet, and I thought that no one could see me doing it. And so I went back, and my sister's like, "Dude, we saw you pick up like a couple oh, boogers man. back there." So I was embarrassed after that. I, I speaking of boogers, when you're a kid, that's always an embarrassing. That's <laughs> a childhood trauma, and I'm so sorry to everybody who's watching because it's like, <laughs> like ten minutes of us just talking bullshit. Nah, um, we're on vacation. When, when when I yeah when I was in kindergarten, um, I used to just do this one. I'd wipe my nose, you know, <laughs> you know. And I guess when I do that enough, I'd get like a brown tip on my nose yeah. of like bugs. <laughs> For the dirt? And yeah. And like no yeah, one would tell bugs. me. And then like I'd go home and I'd have, uh, br- I'd be a brown noser. My sister would make fun of me, like brown noser and stuff like that. And, you know, my mom's like, you can't do that. You have to blow your nose. I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. people, like little kids make fun of me because I like crusty boogers on the edge of my nose. Shout out so to Nephew Aiden at the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> Yeah, see, yeah. I, f- I feel like to this day, I still have like this fear of having that, you know, of, of yeah. having a brown nose. I don't know what it is, but um, I think we've ranted on uh, plenty. Is that this it? One. I think oh, so. Oh, man. I don't think this guy's like. Yeah. Office, office like, mask, peace, middle finger. Yeah, That's peace, right. middle finger. Uh, we understand. But then Blaze Megatron's like, it's the best part of the show. Oh. Yeah. So. Wait, was there no? I thought there was another question, or is there not anymore? Um, let's see. Worst experience with meeting a sport. This is from at Iverson Vlogs. Worst, oh, okay. 
Worst experience with meeting a sports athlete when everything just went completely wrong. If y'all have ever had one, um, you have. I mean, I have one, but it wasn't really bad. We, uh, when I was younger, I used to lay. I used to work in the flooring business with my brother-in-law, and we actually were were delivering a rug from Europe to Charles Barkley's house at the time. Oh damn! And when we were actually driving there we had it it was in the crate just like frankenstein does and we put in it was in the crate we put in the back strapped it down but then we were driving there and it was kind of a rainy day before so there was puddles everywhere and somebody was like yelling at us like hey dude that rug is like hanging out it's about to fall in the mud and literally it was seriously like maybe six or five five or six inches away from hitting the ground on the way to Charles Barkley's house. And it was just a rug. It was a nice rug. You just lay it down. You don't like tuck it in. You don't stretch it out or anything. It just goes over this padding. And we met his wife at the time. I don't know if they're still together or not, but he wasn't there. So that was kind of traumatic. But that would have sucked, right? The rug that he just ordered for, I don't know how much I think would have cost. <laughs> yeah. or you fucked cost. it up. Yeah, yeah. So that's about it, I think. I think the closest thing, and I think I've told the story. I might have told it when I told the Yamas story last Saturday. Uh, was just my Devin Booker when I saw him at the airport and he got, he got out of his Ferrari. He was picking some girl up from the airport and I was standing out there waiting for my wife to pick me up. And I was like, Hey D book. And he looks over. I'm just like, God bless you. God bless you D book. And it's just like, what is, you know, it's like, who says that? It's like, I don't go to church. You know, I'm just like, and also with you, you know, our father who art in heaven, how would be thy name? Yeah. You always run into the athletes. So, yeah, and then I, you know, and so. nine times out of ten, I say nice shit. But like with him, I'm just like, God bless you, D Block. And he's just like, yeah, he's only the greatest son of all up. time when he retires. So way to mess <laughs> that one up. <laughs> amen. Amen. Uh, Luke Carter says that he goes, pimples, phlegm, and boogers. And Walter Lazo says, and brown noses. And Ladies brown and gentlemen, noses. thank you for watching the Sun Session podcast. The Four, <laughs> the four horsemen. horsemen of a podcast. <laughs> pimples, pimples, phlegm, boogers, and brown noses. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us as long as you have. Uh, we know that you could have been anywhere in the world right now, and you decided to hang out with the Sun's Jam Session, guys. So we appreciate that. Uh, we'll do a Jam Session short after the All-Star Game. Uh, but until, you know, after that, best post-game podcast on Planet Orange has pimples, boogers, phlegm, and brown noses. So uh, that's all I got to say for tonight. Matthew, you got anything to remind the Jamsters to do? Just go home and love your family, please. See you later. Matthew, I got to ask. I hit the wrong drop. <laughs> <laughs>